Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by my good friend Brian Brown, back on the show, back here to bring smiles and joy to our heart, back here to just uh, talk a little bit of football, talk a little bit of non-football maybe. I, I did make him come up with an icebreaker on the spot that may or may not come through in spades. We'll see how he did. And of course, my good friend Mason from Buffalo. Mason, welcome. Was it cold on Sunday night? You know, honestly, it wasn't too bad. Uh, the rain they were predicting never really came. Um, there there was football that got played, I suppose. That uh, didn't do anything to keep anybody warm. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. Uh, it does look fun to have a night game there, but I, it, it strikes me that if I were to go see a Buffalo Bills game, I would pick an 11 a.m. kickoff sometime in like early October when the sun's still out and it's all the people that are just out there with their shirts off getting deeply sunburned. Uh, so that that feels like the Bills game atmosphere that I would be most comfortable attending. You should have been here for the drought years. It was literally all we had. Was yeah. One o'clock kickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a little housekeeping. We didn't have a show last week. That tends to happen now and again. Uh, apologies to our 50 to 60 regular listeners. We are back now. I do hope to have a, a also a, a college football recap show out Sunday, hopefully with Austin Facer. So hope, hopefully we'll get that out later this week. Uh, but thank you so much to both of you for joining me. Brian, how are you? How are things uh, are things kicking in your neck of the woods? Things are good. Uh, I am not in Buffalo. I've never been to Buffalo. I have a cousin who is from Buffalo. Uh, so, yeah. That's, Very good. That's, that's all I got. This is, <laughs> this is, this is what I, this I think this will go well because the vibes, <laughs> the, the vibes between Mason and Brian at points can get pretty similar. I I, I think you two uh, would get along quite famously. So I, I I'm 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 happy you're here. Perhaps we have an icebreaker to get us into things here today. Or do I was going to say, Eric does this thing where he'll just kind of like throw me in a podcast and be like, "Oh yeah, hey, my buddy Mason's going to join." Mason and I haven't said the five words to each other. So on the element of, of like, Hey, let's get together. Powwow bonfire, you know, like everybody love everybody. And so I figured the best way to really just cut to the chase on that one is, uh, have you ever blamed a fart on someone else? And who uh, oh, all right. Um, now, have I ever directly blamed a fart on somebody else? Um, another person? No. An attempt at an animal? Probably. I was a child. We had animals. Um, but I do recall at least trying to subvert attention from where it came from to make it seem like maybe it came from behind me as well rather than me directly. 
um, it was just in a classroom and I just like immediately turned around to also act surprised in the direction of the noise and hope that nobody could figure out the general location. We all just be confused together and it would just be a fun little mystery that nobody would figure out. And then I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the person behind me was like, hey, he farted. And I was like, well, that fucking... So. Yeah, that's... Uh, so, sort of. I feel like everybody has at least one experience where they've uh, ripped one at school and then done the look around like, who was that? Yeah, yeah, Eric? yeah. I, I would say I can relate to those experiences. Any I particular would, story? Uh, not that comes to the top of my mind, to be completely honest with you. I don't remember these type of things. But perhaps that just makes me a strange individual but I, i'm not i'm not cataloging you know my greatest farts you know like i'm not i'm not really putting that all together um i don't so i i tried to blame a fart in a football huddle in college once on a teammate and that didn't go over well um but i think probably my best fart and football story is we used to do this thing called uh, snap exchange, I think is what we called it. It's a very simplistic drill. But basically what it was is that we had all the quarterbacks and the centers get out there, and each center and, and quarterback would go through, like, the line. So each quarterback would get some QB snap exchange work with the centers. But you can't just do that. So you have to have the rest of the team do something. So we would all line up. In, in our stances and take like a five yard step or something like that. And so sure enough, one of the backup centers, probably one of the funniest human beings I've ever met too, as an aside, right. As we're all getting down. And it's one of those days where it's like third week of camp, everybody's exhausted. Nobody's like really into this drill because we've been doing it so much because it's like, we have to have QB snap exchange. And, uh, <laughs> One of the backup QBs gets up underneath him, and all of a sudden, you just hear this. And it's right as he puts his hands up underneath him, you see oh, quarterback no. just go, <laughs> and rip his hands away. And the entire, the coaching staff, team, everybody just lost it. One of the funniest moments I've ever seen. It was terrific. And uh, the best part about it was the, the center just kind of like, Sat there, still in the stands, waiting to snap the ball. <laughs> that is, so, that's a funny story. I will say, he, he never would have been able to blame that on anybody else. But uh, yeah, I think if you've never tried to blame a fart, at least on a pet or somebody, even trying, yeah. So yeah. these are good. These are good questions to have. These are critical questions. These are, these are the kinds of questions that the people want to know. They, they uh, absolutely are. So I, I, I mean, I, I guess know my DMs get blown up all the time about that exact hot issue. Here's a question for you: What NFL quarterback is most likely to blame a fart on somebody else? Jimmy G. Like quarterbacks, especially, are the guys who kind of have to take responsibility for everything, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if we're gonna go in that direction of not taking responsibility for their own actions, 
I have to think it's like top of my list would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Potentially, it's too bad Ben Roethlisberger isn't around still because he would definitely. <laughs> no, I think I think Ben would kind of own it. Like Ben's no a way, dude. He would go, like, he would go on his ben little Rothers- news show on Tuesday. He'd be like ben Antonio Rothers- Brown. Is really you're like, yeah, that's a guy that farts. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, I, all like right, maybe Ben that's Roethlisberger it. is kind of a fart guy. Like you just look at him and he's like, "Oh yeah, he he can fart with the best of them." So I I don't think it'd be bad. Do you I think, think Ben maybe, Roethlisberger takes pride in his farts? Like I bet so. That guy who just he's like, "You're you're you're blessed to be in presence of my farts." I bet so. I bet so. <laughs> yeah, that that that's one thing I think I know about Ben. Is like I could see Matthew Stafford being a guy who might try to blame. His yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Not not because he's a guy that doesn't want to take responsibility, but just because he's like kind of that joke. Like, like that wouldn't be me, you know. S- sneaky someone her, who you hurt cousins, maybe. Right, but I'm I'm gonna I was about to, but I'm gonna make a different argument here on Kirk Cousins, Mason. Kirk Cousins, sneaky a guy that you think would blame a fart on somebody else, but in reality would take, would take responsibility and make a joke. Cousins would take somebody else's fart and, and make it his own. He's like the Leslie Nope. Of yeah. Taking responsibility. Yeah. You know, that's that the scene where they're all standing around the coffee pot and Ron's the one who broke it. And yeah. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is the Leslie in that one. Look, I'm just willing to pay for it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. 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 Kirk Cousins is responsible. That's the thing about Kirk is uh, is is he's he's a responsible leader and he's going to take care of business. All right, I think we transition this into the first quarterback or first question I had. Oh sure. What 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 do you what what do you got for us? Since we're talking about quarterbacks. Oh my god! Holy okay, sorry. Holy shit! Oh my god! Holy shit! Holy shit! He's alive. This is delightful. He's actually here. It's Bradford Sonnenberg. Oh my God. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. Okay. Now we can do the podcast. Now we can do the podcast. You missed a fascinating talk about which quarterbacks are most likely to fart and blame it on someone else. Actually, I would like Bradford's input on that. Yeah, yeah, he has to join the chat on that one. We can rewind it back a little bit. No, yeah. it's quarterback most likely to blame a fart on someone else. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say hello, 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 gentlemen. How 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 are you fine fine fellows doing on this frigid frigid evening? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm happy you're here. I I was not expecting. I, I knew you. you would be. I knew you, I wasn't sure if I'd be. You know, I actually had. Uh, I I don't even know where to begin in, in telling you the the saga of adventures that took place for me to get home to my laptop in time to join this podcast but i made it in the end of the day and that's what matters uh as as to the quarterback question it's got to be russ right it's got to be russ like oh, so- oh, what a fucking hater exactly who it is. <laughs> yeah oh, yep it kind of has no, to be no, okay. Wait, no, but Russ isn't the one who blames it on somebody else. No, he never comes out that. and says too much Russ would never too fart. Much. It obviously had to be somebody else. Russ would okay. say that you didn't fart, that nobody farted, that you're not even smelling the fart, right? Yeah, Russ would like spin it so positive, like there's no way. He's not he's not a blame it on others type of guy. 
Like even right. when he three does it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I feel pretty strongly that Kirk Cousins would own up to it. I, yeah. I think I think we that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would absolutely, absolutely lie about it. But the thing is, he would believe his own lie about it. So is it really lying? You know, like he is it a lie if you believe it, right? And I, I think he could convince himself that he didn't do it. And so even though he'd be lying, he wouldn't know he's been lying. Right? If that makes sense, I absolutely love that Aaron... every quarterback that we name. Yeah, yeah, really, and, and perfectly correlated what we already talked about. But I think it does beg a different question: Is Aaron Rodgers the George Costanza of quarterbacks? He, oh, I think he's a little too capable, but I can see the comparison. Yeah, I, I think I think Roger. The, think the issue with Rodgers is that he's not bumbling. You know, like Rodgers, it's very calculated. And like sometimes he kind of looks like a dumbass, but in general, he's he usually has like the upper hand on people, right? George is more of like a a sad sack. I would say if you wanted like a, a a sad sack quarterback, it would have to be somebody who's like never never quite talented enough, you know? Like I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of like someone who's just kind of like in that mediocre in between line where it feels. Like, I would say I would say Philip Rivers is more of a George Costanza than anything else. I mean, I think at this point in his career, Aaron Rodgers feels a lot more like a Kramer. Like, yeah, he has <laughs> a little bit stories, but like he's out of his damn mind. I do think he had his Costanza moment of dragging the trophy through the parking lot the entire last season where he just led everybody on to thinking that he might actually stay with the Packers when he was never going to stay with the Packers. So uh, he really, I mean, he's just the entire show Seinfeld wrapped up into one then. You know, because he's got the Jerry uh can't can't figure out who to date, stay with. Right? <laughs> That's true. Definitely getting into his Kramer phase now. Excited for him to uh find a show set in a garbage dumpster and start hosting his own TV show. I guess he I guess he doesn't need to do that now because he's making a million dollars off of going on McAfee. I think I think that we also can't we can't can't rule out uh Deshaun Watson as an obvious, obvious blame blame gamer, right? Oh like, my god, how did we miss Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I, look at his face. Look at it. And I, I'm saying this. Okay. Look at his let's face. Look at his history. Let's let's yeah. let's do him a, a, a favor and forget for 30 seconds that he's like, I don't know, a serial rapist. Just look at his eyes. All right. Dude, dude allegedly, would absolutely allegedly a serial rapist. Yeah, I'll let, okay, okay, okay. Let's the Deshaun defenders are crazy. I mean, listen, listen, let me ask you. Let me ask you. This man's got state of the art, state of the art. For, he could have a personal, he could spend every hour of the rest of his life with a personal massage therapist. He's going to these seedy places. I don't care. I don't care. L- like it's 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 the most insane behavior. Man, man does I'm not just have a defense. Away from the libel suit, Brad. I'm just keeping you away from that's, the libel. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You always got you always got you got your you got your mind on that stuff for us. Okay, I need to reroute this conversation very quickly because I don't want to hear Bradford talk about Deshaun Watson anymore. We all know he's a bad guy. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We have a tribunal. This is a tribunal. There are four of us here. We all have questions and thoughts and takes about the NFL. We are going to go around and we are going to ask those questions and discuss as a tribunal and try to find out what are some core truths about the NFL six weeks through the NFL season. We will go in the order listed on my screen here. So we will go Brian, 
Mason Bradford. We will do this twice and we'll see how we're feeling after two times. Let us begin with Brian. Where are we at? What are we talking about first? Is Jared Goff good? Yeah. Yeah, he's just been good for a couple years now. He's just, like, he's just I mean, kind of... like good, good. Like, is he? Are we going to see this guy get back to a Super Bowl now? Okay, I have something crazy to say. I think Jared Goff's a top three NFL QB right now. Oh, like I, like I'm, I'm pretty confident in in that statement, and he might not even be number three. Like he might be better than three. Like. He has played absolutely insane through the first six weeks of his season. And it's because the Lions, and here's another take I have, the Lions are a juggernaut. And, like, if they beat the Ravens this week, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Brad. But, like, we looked at their schedule. They're not going to lose again until after Thanksgiving if they beat the Ravens this week. Like, the schedule for them is insanely soft, and they are playing insanely good football, despite being insanely injured. And they're getting Jamison Williams back. I'm I'm sky high on the Lions, and I'm sky high on Jerry Goff. But I can also admit that I think Jerry Goff is only playing this way because this is the best offensive line he's ever had. I think this is the best offensive coordinator he's ever had. I think there's a case to be made that Ben Johnson is doing a better job with him than Sean McVay did. Um, this is the best, arguably one of the better cast of wide receivers. Like Amon Ra, Amon Ra St. Brown was a third down picking up machine for them on Sunday. That is how they won that game. They just kept picking up third down after third down and on third down, the Buccaneers just could not convert at all. I just, I'm really high on the Lions, and I'm really high on Jerry Goff. And uh, I think he's better than certain quarterbacks for certain players on certain people's favorite teams on this podcast, but I'm not really willing to get into a shouting match this early into the episode. So I'll just leave that unsaid, but no, I think that. Goff has been performance-wise absolutely a top five quarterback this year. I've watched a lot of football this year, and the one thing that I've noticed is that the line play is probably more relevant than in any other season I've ever seen. Like, the defensive lines, like, the amount – I was looking team by team. The amount of just absolute stud defensive linemen on every team is is getting ridiculous. And so the offensive lines are actually having a hard time keeping up with them. Like, it's an imbalance – and the Lions are one of the few teams that have such an offensive line advantage that it allows Goff to thrive in a way that a lot of quarterbacks haven't even had the chance to this year, right? But that's not to take credit away from him because he's made all the throws, right? And it's like, yeah, these guys are capable of making big plays, but he has absolutely been the engine of that offense. And, I mean, good for him, man. Like, he, I feel like, I feel like he's one of those players that people have ragged on for so many years. Rightfully so. I've, I've always had a soft spot for Goff. I never really imagined that he would turn out to be this good. I thought he was capable. Like I wasn't one of those people that thought he was like like a bust. But you know what? I'm I'm really happy for him. Like the Lions just have such a feel good energy 
It's like, it's, it's, uh, is there anybody that's cheering against them outside of the NFC North? Like, I don't think so. Eric's not going to come in there with it, with a take. No, I, I was honestly just doing a little podcasting one-on-one testing for the rest of his panel. Like you guys can jump in. Like I, I like, like we, I think we've all done this enough where we can like, I, I don't have to call on anyone. Did you have any thoughts on this Mason? I think you guys have pretty much hit it all. I actually uh, really agree with Bradford on like the imbalance in line play right now. There's just so many defenses out there that are just absolutely dominating the the line of scrimmage and really making a lot of quarterbacks look not great. I mean, the Jets, I think, are the number one example out there. They are just humiliating quarterbacks left sure. right sideways. Third down is one of the most dangerous sports in the world right now. Like, there's cliff jumping, there's free climbing, and then there's third down the NFL because – Anytime it's anywhere like third and seven, third and eight, watch the F out because blitzes are coming. And and like you all said, line play, I don't know that line play is down as much as it is. There's just, it's so hard right now, right? Because edge rushers are everywhere. And this would kind of lead into what my second question was going to be. But um, I think, I mean, I'm looking over the stats right now and the golf is, has only taken 10 sacks this year. And when you compare that to Tyrod Taylor, for example, who's already taken four, <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, right? And so I think some of this conversation goes back to, like, just quarterback play overall. And I'm – in my head, I'm thinking of Chris Collins were saying over and over and over again on Sunday night that Zach Wilson has to get the ball out in under two and a half seconds. And there were times during that game where he didn't even have two and a half seconds to get set up and make a read before he was under pressure and under duress, right? So I think, like, the advent, that almost makes what Goff is doing even more incredible, right? Because he's not an elusive quarterback. You look at the guys yeah. right now who are not taking sacks, and it's, <laughs> bet your dollars, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, all the dudes that we expect it to be. Tua Tongo Vailo is the one up there where I'm kind of like, oh, that's a little surprising because he's not – super elusive but i also think that dolphins offensive line is incredibly underrated uh i think they're they're really really good and and also what mcdaniel's done with his scheme and personnel in terms of getting guys going with motion and speed and all that kind of stuff really does negate the rush right and and so i think teams are i just don't know how much of it you can replicate in terms of because we know this is a copycat league and we all kind of knew that defense was going to come around this year and we're going to see more cover two shells and all that kind of, you know, schematic stuff that, that leads to these dips in, in certain statistics. But I think, I think all that being said, what Goff is doing, well, not necessarily being a mobile quarterback, also not really having, I mean, no, no discredit to Ben Johnson or, or that roster, but like Amon Ross St. Brown is their best wide receiver. I, I guess Jamison Williams, maybe now that he's back. Right. I, mean, those no, I would I would say Jamison Williams. My thing on Jamison Williams is he is a total unproven. He had like two nice catches and one deep catch against the Buccaneers. He has not really shown anything yet to me. Like I want to see it from him. So like I Amon Ross St. Brown is no doubt the best wide receiver on that team right now. But and like, honestly, there's a case the to be made. Right. Very, That's what I that was my thinking. Go ahead. 
there there's a case to be made that Josh Reynolds, like Josh Reynolds is the number two on that team. Like he, Josh Reynolds, if you look at his numbers right now, is having an incredible season and has kind of been yes. the golf safety blanket. Like they they, they have, have they have chemistry. a lot of weapons. Yeah, like, even that was one where I was like like when when they added him from the from the Rams last year. That was one that I was kind of like high on, and it's like Josh Reynolds isn't really a guy, but like. I remember him and Goff having a nice connection back in LA. And it was like it's it's really paid off in Detroit. Like Yeah. Well, so I'd I'd heard mention that he was that Goff had campaigned to have him added to the roster. Yeah. That was one of those things uh in in the offseason that I think having having a safety blanket as a quarterback, just going back to these conversations, right? Like like Brady always had Bronk and Edelman and Bronk so much down the road even, but just Having that safety blanket, that guy that you know where you can find, I think that's part of why Rodgers was so adamant about getting Lazard and, and Randall Cobb, even though they're not really that great in terms of you know, actual abilities. Um, but yeah, man, it's just I, – I, I think we can close this topic up because I think we've covered it a lot. But like playing, the quarter, playing quarterback in the NFL is really hard. I think it's getting harder and harder right now. I think we're seeing that with scoring being down and – defense kind of ruling the the day but just i mean the offensive line play too is just i don't know man i would hate it i would hate it week to week all right mason where we talk about next all right so you know sticking in my neck of the woods just looking around at, at you know not pure record or anything like that but just overall talent of the units and stuff like that and and, you know i don't watch necessarily every game but is the afc east maybe like the most talented division in football right now Hmm. i mean the patriots obviously don't really count because that team is (laughs) they're terrible they're unwatchably bad unwatchably bad but the jets minus the fact that they lost the quarterback that they needed they're still fun. The Dolphins and the Bills are all high-end contenders right now. Hmm. Looking uh, at the other divisions. I would lean AFC North still probably just because of how great like like the, the Browns defense has been and like you kind of expect the Bengals to right the ship a little bit. But I honestly think that like you're you're it's 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 close. Yeah, it's I would put, it's I would cool. put I NFC know. West, AFC East, they're kind of neck and neck in terms of yeah number two. But I think I do think the AFC North probably, if we're talking just sheer talent, in terms of potential. Uh, see that Patriots team just really drags it down because <laughs> yeah, is yeah. there anybody the on that roster where you're just like. Oh yeah, that's but I'm, Patriots I, are I, maybe the worst roster in football. Matthew Judon, yeah, that's a guy that should definitely think, be your best. Which player. I think makes it that surprising though, because there's so much top end talent on the three other teams that you can look at, and you can right. go like those are the top five people at their positions. Well, I I think the the Jets conversation is fascinating because if they do say Rodgers doesn't get injured, right, they're probably five and one, four and two, right. So now, man, I mean, it gets – for sure they don't lose that game to the Patriots. 
No, they no. beat the Chiefs too if Rodgers. Yeah. But if yeah. the Chiefs, if the Chiefs put up a performance like that on offense against them, right? right? If the game goes exactly the way it did and they have Rodgers instead of Zach Wilson, that's the Jets. Yeah. That, although Wilson, Wilson actually cooked that game. He was really good. He made some really that's impressive cool. plays about it. I was happy for him. Zach Wilson has quietly cooked over the past three weeks. Okay, probably. all right, all right. Let's relax. Let's relax. Dude's he learned to like use the air fryer. Let's 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 tamper. simmer down. Yeah, like Look, he's been the air fryer. fryer. This is yeah, he's this not is over like the there, old like... the old like like uh, uh, classic where it's like you 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 raise the bar so low that you impress people by being average. That's what that's what Zach managed to do. Where it's like, oh wow, he threw for 180 yards and one touchdown. Wow, and it's like that's not good performance. But you're just so used to like, uh oh, three picks that it that it that it that it seems good in comparison. He is improving though. Like you can't deny that. Like he he does. He's not panicking the same way. Like he looks better than he has confident in previous year. That's no question. Also, I apologize. I'm high out of my mind on cold medicine right now. You don't even know. I'm, I, I'm so jacked up right now. You don't. You don't. You've got no idea. I would argue that even if you had a half de- decent offensive line, that that progress that we're seeing would be even higher, just because that's true. That de- that line is terrible. He's he's learning to do two things right now, right? He's learning how to avoid an NFL rush while not being the most athletic guy in in on the field which I think at BYU, that was a big difference, right? Like he was an elite athlete in terms of his ability to get out, scramble, all this stuff. You're no longer that guy in the NFL. So you've got to be better about where you're positioned in the pocket and how you're avoiding rushes. Uh, the the other part about it too is like for a guy who's learning still how to make reads and, and do all that kind of stuff at an NFL level to have to do that and avoid a rush consistently. And I mean, it's, it's I I don't want to like – I hate harping on offensive lines because, I mean, that Jets offensive line. Like New York just abandoned offensive line play altogether as a state, other than the Bills. And I just like the city. I should like the city has just outlawed offensive line play. Period. End of story. We're just not gonna we're not gonna do offensive lines this year. So, I, I think that makes the, the Zach Wilson conversation more difficult. But um, getting back, I. It, <clears throat> All that being said, like that Jets team is still three and three. That's so much talent in that roster. I just, as I'm looking at the Patriots, I mean, the names that stand out to me, it's like, as guys that I would like, that's a guy that I want on my team, Jabril Peppers, maybe. Uh, and he's like a Jackson special be teams guy, guy at best. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, the offense is just ugh. <laughs> it's so bad, and it, it's it's so bad. It's like you watch those games, and it's like just basic concepts are just not being executed whatsoever. Like like just like the blocking assignments. I don't understand how this is happening on a Belichick team because like if you actually go back and watch it, it's so many times where guys just get their signals crossed, and it's like they end up blocking nobody. And it's like, yeah, Mac is not very good, but if you're giving people a free lane to him, it's going to be even uglier. Like it's, it's, it's truly horrific. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that's most shocking about the Patriots is that pretty consistently through about the first six weeks of this year. And I would argue the second half of last year, they've been like one of the most poorly coached teams in the NFL. Like, 
that's kind of where Vashak comes in. It's like, oh, like Belichick, like you think Belichick and you're like, here's this guy who's like obsessed with perfection and technique and like do your job and all this stuff. And that that is like what this team could use, like because they could perform to that level, but they clearly aren't getting that. And he's clearly kind of lost that messaging. So the Patriots are just sad now and like not even really worth clowning on to be completely, completely honest with you. Um, what 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 is this? Just, in the chat uh, just now to kind of that? bring this back to Mason's original question: Is AFC East like I'm looking at the bottom feeders in all the conferences, and really it's it's interchangeable in terms of like the worst team. And, and they're all kind of bad. It's like Patriots, Titans, Broncos, Giants, Bears, Panthers, Cardinals. Those are all the last place teams in each division. Uh, the last place team in the AFC North is, is, is the Bengals. And I think they're all <laughs> yeah. kind of like, yeah, they're not bad. You know, like I, I, I haven't ruled them out as, you know, a potential playoff ruiner and, and, you know, being capable of making a run to the Super Bowl. So that they've won AFC, three in a row. Yeah, that AFC North division is really difficult because you trust you trust the Steelers to like they're kind of bad, but you trust them to keep finding ways to win games. And the defense matters. The Browns' defense is on a historic pace right now. You trust them to be in everything. The Bengals, you trust to write the shit. Like I, I just think that's the best division straight up because I, I think all four of those teams could easily be playoff teams, and I don't argue, feel that way about the AFC East. Yeah, I'd argue that AFC East like has two of the best quarterbacks in it right now, and I think that's part of what's elevating it. You have one of the best defenses in the Jets, but then you look at the AFC North. I mean, the the Steelers that like you plug in any other top fifteen quarterback in that system, and then leave Matt Canada <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now all of a sudden, like they've got something going there, right? Uh, uh, so I think, man, like, there's a lot of, and same with the Browns. I, I don't know who this, like, uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna get into the Deshaun Watson stuff anyway. Yeah, it's uh, for Brad's defense has been unreal. All right, Bradford. You said you have an essay due. So I want to give you a chance to throw out a tribunal question for us and discuss something with us. What's what's on your brain these days? Okay. All right. This is something I've been thinking about a lot football-wise because my favorite little team going into this year was the Falcons. Should Arthur Smith still have a job? Like, the answer might be no, right? Like, what is he doing? What are we doing? What, what are we doing? Like, you watch a Falcons game, and beyond just – the dumbest run concepts being called given the talent of the running backs they have the weird obsession with Desmond Ritter. This guy is costing you game. He single-handedly cost them that last game. Like anybody else throws one less interception. You win that game. I feel like he is completely under underused the weapons that they have. Like I get Tyler Heineke has his limitations, but I mean, look what Ritter's costing you multiple games. Should this guy still have a job at the end of the year? Cause I think he's, absolutely squandered what should have been a probably a top five offense i don't know if it was ever going to be a top five offense with desmond ritter i think whose fault is that but he could have gotten a better quarterback could he have i don't know i feel like 
I, I feel like there's there's significant. I don't disagree with your with the assertion that if he doesn't make a change at some point and they keep losing, like he's gonna lose his job at some point. It's also weird that like he has two very like athletic freak type offensive weapons that he refuses to use uh in the passing game as they should be used. Sure. Uh but also they're just they're kind of like what what are what are they gonna do? Bring in an interim guy and just suffer through I the roster's not nearly I wouldn't mid season fire him, but it's like he should probably lose his job at the end of the year, right? Like I like, would mid season fire him just so that we can tank for the rest of the year. Yeah. And try and get Caleb Williams. Well, I yeah. think he's tanking for them if he keeps Listen, 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 listen. If I have to see, if I have to see Tyler Algiers at the goal line one more time, what are we doing? What are like, we doing? Like we, I think they've already won too many games to tank. To be completely yeah. honest with you, like they've already won three games. Like it's impossible that they're not going to win at least two or three more throughout the rest of the season. There is no shot they have a shot at Caleb Williams, but like they've got to figure, they've got to figure something out here. All right, Brad. Safer mine, because I, I I think you'll be interested in this one. Oh boy, this is why this is why I came on the show. By the way, I was like, someone's got to fact check this bozo, because I know uh, he's about to come up with some just terrible, terrible hot takes, and somebody has to has to keep him in check. You know. Okay. Are the Ravens ever gonna figure it out? Because everyone kind of keeps telling me in the national media sphere that. Yeah, man, like, the Ravens are going to figure it out. Eventually, they're not going to suck in the red zone. And eventually, Rashad Bateman's going to start making some plays. And eventually, Odell Beckham's going to be a difference maker. And eventually, like, the passing game's going to really take off. And, like, this is strange coming for me because I've always been the number one Lamar guy in the world. I'm part of a Lamar me. But, like, I watched, I watched them today. And I'm just totally uninspired by what they are as an offense. I, I just, I I don't buy it. They struggle in the red zone. I guess so does everyone in the NFL. It's something crazy, like only 50% of the time teams are scoring in the red zone these days. But like, man, I, I just don't know if Lamar Jackson is a difference maker at quarterback anymore. Because I think there is something to be said that He's coming off several serious lower body injuries. He's getting up there in age. He's close to 30 now. And he just doesn't have like the same ability to be an explosive playmaker on the ground when he needs to be and give a spark to the offense. And without that, and with like a washed Odell Beckham and like, I love Rashad Bateman with all my heart. He was a draft crush, but man, he's a total bust. Like, what are we doing here? Like they're counting on Zay Flowers to be their number one wide receiver and and like carry them at some point, and Mark Andrews to be a big part of the offense, which he hasn't really been to be honest with you. Like he's had a very average year for what Mark Andrews usually is. They don't have any running backs; they're all injured. Like I don't I don't look at the Ravens as a team I see as a threat in the AFC. I don't think they're bad. I, I, I really don't. I, I'm kind of, 
I wanted them to be a thing so bad, but I don't think they're a thing at all. And I don't think they'll ever get to be a thing. Like, I think we're destined for some boring 10-win season and then they get smoked by the Dolphins in the first round. I mean, I agree with a lot of it. I don't agree with Lamar getting up there in age. Isn't he like 26? I don't I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I know it feels like he's been in the league for probably like a lot longer than he has been. But yeah, I don't I know. Just I don't want to back off that statement. Can you please never use the phrase getting up there in age? He's close to 30. God. No, he's literally 26 years old, too. I, I just Googled it. Yeah, I don't know if he's getting up there. That's I don't, close I don't think, to 30. I don't that's think Lamar, 25. it's closer to 30 than not. I'll give you that. I don't I don't think that's all for a quarterback, though. I, I don't think Lamar's been the problem. I think that I mean, people were kind of, I, I don't know. I, I bought into a lot of the Ravens hype. You really bought into the Ravens hype. I guarantee I could go back and pull up some crazy yeah. Ravens takes about them winning like 16 games and Lamar winning another MVP and all that stuff. I think, I think with Rashad, he hasn't put it together yet. And we bought the OBJ hype as always a little too hard. And it's, it's, it is what it is, but he's just not, not a difference maker at this point in his career whatsoever. I mean, the defense is still pretty good. But the offense is just not not clicked the way that you 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 would hope. Brian, any thoughts? Uh, I think the run game is a huge issue for them. I think it's you, you mentioned the fact that they don't have any running backs. Uh, the guys that they do have in Justice Hill and and Gus Edwards are not getting the job done. You would think that that would be a something that maybe they'd want to address before the trade deadline, we'll see what happens. I, I think there are going to be plenty of teams out there that are going to be sellers. Uh, I, I don't know. The hard part for me as I think about it is just you've got a rookie in Zay Flowers. You've got some talent there on the offense. I think Duvernay's okay. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a guy that you can have as a third wide receiver. That's fine, right? But it just – it seems like – it seems like that what we're seeing on the offense is is maybe even a deeper issue in terms of just where the culture of this team is gone. If if I'm going because I I think Harbaugh is a great coach, and I would you know if if you're the Ravens, I don't know that you necessarily want to make moves like that per se, but uh, it, it does the way that they play. You know, the defense is still good, but they're not fearsome. And and that team just doesn't really like they're they're just not like it feels like everybody's there because they have to be, not because they want to be, if that makes sense. Like like yeah. you know those jobs that you have where you're just like, Man, I don't really want to be here today. But like that The Ravens are a nine to five. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's very, very workmanlike. In terms I guess of, I'll show up to the Ravens today. Right, well, uh, here to punch the clock and let's go out. They <laughs> it doesn't look like anybody on that team is gung ho, fighting hard, you know, to be either elite or to make it to a Super Bowl or anything like that. And so, I think that's it. Just vibes, man. It just vibes are weird. So that's always a situation where I wonder. And new offensive coordinator, you're depending on rookies as guys. So yeah. I think there is potential to figure out some of it, but I think the bigger issue is that's just a team and a program right now that doesn't feel like and doesn't like I said, they're they're on the hunt for a new job right now. They're they're scrolling up and down on LinkedIn. 
All right, we're going to snake draft because I do want to get Bradford's second thing before oh, he has to leave. Yeah. Uh, what, what, where are we going here, Bradford? And then just hang around as long as you can. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I yeah. actually have one I know that you have a take on as well, Brad. So if you'd hang out for mine, I would. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I was just going to say, and this is, this, is, this is not a targeted, targeted thing. And I know they get talked about a lot on this program. And so I don't want I don't want it to be want it to be like oh boy here we go talking about this team again, but oh, God. At, oh my at a God. certain point I know where this is going. At a certain point, listen. Oh, hold on, hold on. Give me a chance. All right. At a certain point, we have to ask ourselves: Are the Denver Broncos the worst coach team in football? I mean, I mean. Oh, I thought this was going somewhere else completely. I know, time. I know you did. I know you did. There's a little, <laughs> little misdirection on you. No, 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 no. Listen, we didn't really get a chance to talk about that Thursday night game. By the way, great game of football. I enjoyed it very much. But oh wow, this, it seems like your quote unquote elite quarterback couldn't lay up a bad defense. This uh, hold on, hold on now, hold on now. They played fine. All right. The thing is with the Chiefs' offense, because I know you got all these hot takes that you just you just you just keep you can't can't help yourself. Mahomes has played really well. He's played like a top five quarterback this year. It hasn't no, he been has like it. a runaway. I think he has. Like, if you look at the amount of stuff lost by drop, the thing is, he is not okay. Then he's five, and there's a lot. Sure, maybe, but admit that he's not one. But it's but it's ups and downs, and it's like I feel like statistic. I what what I'm what I'm saying is is that uh, if you if you actually watch the game, if you actually watch the game, you remove no no no. I don't mean watch the games. I mean remove the little blinders of hate that prevent you from seeing reality. Okay. If you look at it, he's played actually really well. Uh, the the he offense is just not not clicked. And and to be quite frank, Andy has gotten way too cute this year. Like the amount of like I am more confident the Chiefs make a third and long than a third and short because third and short is just always some idiotic stuff. It's like you have the best quarterback in the league, man. Just just give it to him. Like oh my oh my goodness. But this man Sean Payton, I couldn't believe it when I was watching it called a timeout to allow the Chiefs to take a field goal. I've never I've never seen something like that before. And this is the same guy whose team gets 70 points dropped on them. Like the play, dude, this might actually be the worst coach team in the league. Like I get the Patriots have had problems, but also the Patriots roster doesn't have a drop of talent on it as we've discussed. The Broncos roster has plenty of talent on it. It's not great, but it's got some talent on it. And this is this is the results that he's managed to managed to take out of that. I mean, they gave up a first round pick for this guy. What we, this might be the worst coaching job in the league. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? Is that crazy to say? I mean, since, since we're already talking about the game too, can we please talk about that blo- block that didn't go towards? <laughs> Dude, I laughed, I laughed so hard at that. What was he doing? What was he doing? I have no idea. He's like, there's the ball carrier. There's another dude. Let's get him. <laughs> Let's get him. <laughs> So, yeah, it, he, I mean, there are some really genuinely bad coaching jobs going on in the NFL right now. I mean, that game on Sunday, Brian DeBull made some wildly, oh, wildly oh, questionable the end, of the, the end of the first half. And frankly, and frankly, you talk about the Chiefs getting too cute. So are the freaking Bills all the damn time. It's like, it's one yard. QB sneak, what are we doing? Yeah, I, you have Josh fucking it's Allen. Topic, it's just, it's absolutely stupid sometimes. But it the sucks coaching being job on some of these lower-end teams is bad. So I don't know if he's the worst in football right now because there are some really strong candidates for that. But he's in that bottom five category, and I don't know that there's any real doubt of that. 
I just yeah. want to make sure that uh, Matt Eberfluss name gets mentioned in that bottom. <laughs> it's true because uh, his performance against the Broncos might have been an all-time coaching suck-off. <laughs> yeah. I like the terminology of a coaching suck-off. They had that game. That's that's not that's snatching defeat from the jaws of victory mm-hmm. if I've ever seen it. And granted, they did turn it around on a short week against the Commanders, and and I understand that they're dealing with a younger quarterback in Justin Fields, but the Bears, I man, it like that might have been the battle for worst coach, and if so, mm-hmm. we have an actual scoreboard and and plus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Bradford was hoping to get out of me here. I mean, I've admitted the I'm not Broncos. Hoping, I don't have an agenda, Eric. I'm like, not a little. I don't I, have an like, agenda. Like I've like admitted, the Broncos are terrible. Like never once this off season did I buy into the hype. I always said they would miss the playoffs. I didn't expect it to be this terrible, but like it is. <laughs> here's the here's uh, what. No, you don't get you. No, you do not get to spend four goddamn weeks. Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback. <laughs> And then, Russell and Wilson then, has then played one hide, bad game, and then try and hide behind all this, game. dude. He's, he's played, played a couple bad, bad, bad games. Game. He what did he have like eighty seven yards in that game? Come on, he, he one, one bad, bad game. game he was dysfunctional. He, he was dysfunctional. He should have been. He should have been cut on the spot. What do you mean? I, okay. He, he was. He was fine. He no, hasn't been no, a bu- no, 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 no. You don't get, you don't get to, you don't get to, you don't get to lay it all out and be like, oh, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, all this. All and right, all this- right, all right, all right. Take over, Mason. You seem like the uh, right. responsible adult in the room. At this moment, I he's do. old. I, he's I, old. I if 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 twenty six is getting up there, I can't even imagine what Mason is. Yeah, but. If- oh, you- Bro's on a fucking oh. dick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Had some fucking shots fired right there. Um, so again, something I know you're going to be pretty passionate about here too, Brad, because we've had discussions about it off air already a couple of times. Is the league right now at an all-time low, at least of the past like 10, 20 years, of refing quality? Outside of like the replacement refs that happened when the strike was happening, because I mean, these human beings are being paid. Oh, please. Well, we're we're asking a chief. No, I'm not. I'm not even talking about just in the Bills case. I'm talking literally across the league. I mean, there have been some extraordinarily questionable calls at some really wild times. There have been loads of missed calls on ridiculously obviously plays like they are doing a bad job. I don't know about that. I think the teams that get the calls get the calls, and the teams that don't get the calls don't get the calls. That's an absurd, absurd narrative. That is absurd. And the Broncos are a team that don't get the calls. This is what I'm saying. It's the it's unbelievable. No man, listen, listen, listen. You end up in a in a situation every year as an NFL viewer. uh, you have the recency bias of the disgust at the calls that you're seeing. And so it always feels like it's the worst year. I think it might be, but I've honestly felt that every year of football I've ever watched. So it's like, it's hard to tell like with, and with every year, it's something different. I feel like this year it's, it's really the, uh, the uh, uh, pass interferences that have gotten out of hand last year. It was the roughing the passers that got out of hand. And I, it's been bad this year, but not quite as bad. 
I don't know. I I feel like there's definitely a case for it, but uh, this idea that some teams like get all the calls is not true. If you look at penalty yardage, sometimes what happens is both teams get calls and people just remember which team gets the call in the fourth quarter, right? It's recency bias. Like you look at that Jets Chiefs game, that was a bad call at the end of that game, but the Jets got gifted two points on a straight up fantasy safety. And there was a bunch of nonsense in that one, but that doesn't get remembered because why should it get remembered? It doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. But if that call was done correctly, then the ending wouldn't have mattered. And it's like, it doesn't excuse the ending, but people just remember the end of it, right? And it's the same thing with the with the last Bills game too, where it's like, everybody's like, the Bills got away with all this. It's like, it's like, no, no, it's the exact same principle, right? Like the Broncos don't put themselves in a position to ever have the refs screw them out of a game because they don't push themselves in a position to win a game. So it's like, oh, they don't get any of the calls. But it's like, no, you're down by 15 points at the end of every game. Of course not. Right. Okay. So I, I don't know what you're trying to get me to admit here, Brad. I'm not Just... trying to get you to admit. There's no agenda. I'm not oh, up yes. to something. <laughs> yes. I'm having a dialogue. Wild shots for no reason. No, it's not. Yes. No, I'm not having a yes, dialogue. The Broncos a conversation. suck. I mean, I wasn't even going to bring up the Broncos. They're not even worth mentioning, to be completely honest with you. Here's where I'm at with the Broncos. And here you get your little rant now. You you riled me up enough. The Broncos suck. They have sucked for years. It's literally one of the most cursed franchises of the past decade. I don't want to be told anything else. I've had it just as bad as anyone else in the NFL for the past 10 goddamn years. It has sucked every single Sunday. The offense is not watchable. They will remain unwatchable. Maybe they'll get Caleb Williams. More likely, they'll fluke their way into five wins and ruin chances of getting a quarterback they'll run it back with Dak Prescott Dak Prescott will get bad and washed and everything will end up terribly that's where the Broncos franchise is going I hate Broncos Twitter everyone there's throwing out these copes like oh it's all good guys Sean Payton's intentionally tanking he's he's holding his play sheet backwards because he's tanking Uh guys and he's taking these bad timeouts because he's like i don't like for roster that's fine you can have that opinion but it's not the correct opinion the correct opinion to have on sean payton is that i fucking hate this guy number one he's a no good douchebag who runs his (laughs) mouth constantly and is just a goddamn stain on the franchise's integrity he's not likable i don't think you could name a single fan base in the NFL outside of the Broncos that has a positive opinion about Sean Payton. He's not likable. He's not a particularly good play caller because they still haven't gotten enough out of the offense, even though they've gone from worst to average, like, and you paid him like $10 million a year. I hope he gets fired for cause and they don't pay a goddamn cent of his thing and I hope he never coaches in the NFL again that's how I feel about Sean Payton that's how I feel about the Broncos but here we are Brad here here we are we're one in five I guess you get your little laughs in enjoy the Chiefs divisional round exit because they can't keep up with the Miami Dolphins enjoy that have fun with that season and have fun with your little Patrick Mahomes oh he dinks and dunks for 300 yards a game all right that's my piece well, okay. Eric's okay. really just mad because Taylor Swift isn't going. I'd, I'd like to go on the record for the when the Dolphins meet a good team, watch what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, put uh, that Dolphins, on a quote card. 
Sean Payton's a fucking douchebag. First of all, we're not going to run into the Dolphins in the divisional round because they're going to win their division. But uh, listen, I, I understand that the Broncos put you through it. But when you talk about the past decade as a time frame, a decade that has included a Super Bowl, I think it's kind of insensitive to bring that up around Mason, you know? Man, two in the same. Yeah, he went to two Super Bowls. He's like, whoa, no, it's me. I'm not- the most hard done by fan. I don't oh, know. at least Mason had to live through EJ Manual. I don't think Eric's ever had anything. Oh my God! Hard. I had to no. live through Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum. Hey, Teddy Bridgewater, just fine. I cheer for one of the most winning EJ Manual experience was far better than Nathan Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but Broncos aren't worth talking about. All right, Mason. EJ Manual got us Kyle Orton. Kyle. Brian, Kyle Brian, Orton. who are you a fan of, Brian? Uh, I, I'm He's technically agnostic. a Bengals fan, but I abandoned oh. my Bengals fandom when Kimo Von Olhoffen destroyed the one hope and dream, a.k.a. Carson Palmer's ACL. Mm. Refused to ever support the franchise after that. And so I can sit here and 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 listen to Eric's self-loathing and hate and is uh just overall disposition towards his team and empathize a lot yeah but you never got a super bowl is what i'm saying <laughs> no no this this is like that All classic right. I, you ever notice people you ever, telling me i don't have ever, it bad you ever noticed you ever noticed like this weird fascination that rich people have with making it sound like they're poor like it's <laughs> like we came we came from what, yeah like you see the booster, yeah, you, you see like the video of like David Beckham's wife talking about yeah, her middle class exactly family. What I was thinking. That's Eric right now. He's like, yeah, you know, my team is one of the winningest teams in NFL history. We've been to like six. Oh my Super god, Bowls. that was like been, that was like we've 10 been years to six ago. Super Bowls. Have you Bowls. looked at their overall record? They're close to five hundred now. That's how much they've lost over the past eight years. But believe it or not, each of those losses to the Chiefs. But yeah, no, I I think that uh. uh I think that it's just it's just in front of like you like you talk to like like Bengals fans and Chargers fans and and Bills fans about oh no, I'd I'm much just... rather be a Chargers fan. What? That's insane. At least you have a good quarterback. They lost their team. Straight up, they had their team taken away from them. All right, we don't to need go to, get to go to someone today. else's house to go to someone else's house. Well, they're not even wanted or liked in any exactly. capacity. That lady, yeah. that lady is a Chargers fan. That lady on TV. That's true. Yeah. She's diehard. She's yeah. diehard. Yeah. And, how does Herbert, and how does Justin Herbert repay her by throwing the game? I mean, that's a tough, tough look for him. But we don't need to get into that today. I just, I don't know. I, I, I recognize your suffering, Eric, and I'm sorry that they've hurt you such. But I don't know. Mason, really, I think it's, it's Mason's place to determine whether or not you get to complain, you know? Can I complain a little bit, Mason? I mean, if you'd like to complain about the dearth of uh, watchable football over the past couple of years, I'll give you that. Not but a couple say, of years. It has been eight years. No. You've really come full circle on Dude, the have I, you ever no, played the fire? I want to know <laughs> over over the past over the past ten years, Eric, I want to know one moment you have. One singular football moment you have that even comes close to comparing with 13 seconds even close i mean 
Getting, yeah, that's what I thought. Getting yeah. blown out by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Sucked. And then what happened? Also, I mean, also. Yeah, but you got blown out in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then and Von Miller dragged Peyton Manning's corpse to a win. Even when you had Josh McDaniels as your coach, he still had the savior, Tim Tebow, throwing a 75-yard slant route for a touchdown because yeah. some things not explainable. So, okay. He's trying to tell fine. us all that he fine. farted when it was really him. Fine, fine, fine. So all maybe right, I get watchable football, but I have not yet reached the promised land. <laughs> All right. Football might be even better than if anything. No, if anything, this is like this is exactly like the ending of that damn Jaguars game a couple of weeks ago. It was it was over. There was like four minutes left in the game, and it was just over. It was done. And what do they freaking do? They go down and score that stupid touchdown. And then I'm like, I have to have hope again. I have to think, oh, maybe we'll win this. And then they oh, get the blah, stupid blah, ball back. Blah. I have a top free NFL quarterback and the no, best no. wide receiver in the NFL came, currently and a great as somebody who came from a time coach. when there was no hope wah, wah, wah. there was something there was something to say for going into every game going like yeah I don't I there we're gonna probably lose when you win you're like this was exciting we actually won when you lose you're just like that was a normal thing that happens to us now there's expectation and hope and it hurts me more okay I'd rather play in the playoffs than lose every week, literally every fucking week. But like, okay, there's uh, a lot of a lot of like even killed consistency in losing every week. Though it was part of the reason why I became a Bengals fan because I just wanted a team that was consistent all the time. Nice. They were very great at losing or comforting. And again, the yeah. lack of prime time games it makes your watching just easy. Yeah, it really does. It, well, here's the thing. Like, I think with the Bills, they've actually tried to be good over the years. I think there was about a 10-year stretch where the Bengals just abandoned it entirely. <laughs> because you have to remember that Marvin Lewis was the head coach there for almost 20 years. Dude, Marvin Lewis does not deserve some of the flack that he gets. Listen, as, as someone who is, has had a conversation with Marvin Lewis in a elevator uh, and and spent like a half time talking to him couldn't agree more it was not a marvin lewis problem it was a Bengals ownership is passing the farts around problem I, I i mean how do you have a team in the modern era that literally within the past five years finally got an indoor practice facility <laughs> how do you how do you own a modern nfl team and not have that well, they do now. I have to take down my bingo. Well, they do now, but... No, it's funny. It's very funny. All right, Mason. Where are we going next I... in the tribunal as we wrap I gotta, up? I got to head out. I got to head out. This is no, my... that was me. We did the refs, and then we spiraled out of control. This off is of my that, heart. So. Yeah. We're you just can't... now. Well, you did the refs. So Eric can't stop talking about the Broncos. Well, you brought it up. You got what you wanted. Out of whack. It's a little professional. I wanted all I wanted was a little professionalism, you know. Like I, you know, no, I, I wanted to believe Brad. I wanted to. When he said he had no agenda, I genuinely wanted to believe it. No, until he had I an saw agenda. his eyes light up exactly. and Eric went off. The moment Eric lost his mind, the look on Brad's face. He knew exactly what he was doing. He wanted to see the puppet dance. He got to see the puppet dance. All right, Mason, what what do you got? <laughs> it's, 
We're on Brian at this point. I was the refs. Yeah, I don't oh. know if I want to ask a serious football question after all that. Um, no, you can ask any question you want. We can keep it in silly hours. I think it, we're uh, past. We're, I think we're past the point of of that. I didn't have a ton more. Uh, I didn't have a ton more to say. Like the Dolphins are pretty good. It feels like I. I will say that I want to give their Dolphins their just due. Feels like we haven't really talked about the Dolphins yet on this podcast. I. I feel like one thing that isn't being talked about is the Dolphins. And honestly, the same thing can kind of be said for like the Chiefs is like they haven't really played anyone yet. And that changes this week. They play the Eagles. It's going to be a big game. But how are we feeling about the Dolphins as a whole? I want, I want to know, like, Mason, like how, how legitimately worried are you that they're going to catch up and you're going to go to Miami later this year? And you might lose that game and they might finish with a better record than the Bills. Like, how much of a threat are the Dolphins to you in your eyes right now as compared to a team like the Bills in the NFL? Because let's 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 be honest here. The Dolphins have shown enough to have me confidently say, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that'll be pretty consistent. But are they a Bills-Chiefs-level team where they're one of these contenders in the AFC that are going to run the conference and be in the conversation for that title game. I guess maybe throw in the Bengals. I, by the way, sorry, YB, but like I'm totally out on the Bengals. The offensive line still sucks. Jo, jo, like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase had one good week against the Arizona Cardinals. Nothing about that team is fixed. They're going to continue to struggle. But the Dolphins, Mason, where you at? So for the record, they did play one team of note, and it was the Bills, and they did lose 48 to 20. So... Yeah, they did lose to a good team. That's true. But part of the Bills' problem with replicating that is we lost multiple talented players that assisted in making that happen in Matt Milano and Tredavious White. I wanted and to cry so... when Matt Milano went down, by the way. That was mm. – I mean, so is that, one of those ones is that, that a I... season ender right there for oh, yeah. Matt Milano? That so it it it's going to depend on if there's like full ligament damage in his knee. And I haven't seen some of the updated reports on it on to whether or not like how the surgery is gonna work and stuff like that. But it it seems extremely likely that his is a season ender where there is at least that some is speculation that Tredavious White could possibly make it back during like playoff time. So, you know, the there's those thing things was like that, his knee got injured right as Von Miller was coming back too, right? So you never no, got to... no. We we cannot stop trading Von Miller for Tre'Davious White or vice versa. It has happened like three separate times now. The moment they are on the field together, one of them is going down due to injury. It, it is absolutely tragic that they can't get on the same field together. And losing Matt Milano, I was absolutely devastating i mean i know there's a lot of amazing defensive play that's going on in the league but i think just like quietly he was really in a position of maybe not like defensive player of the year consideration but like a top five defensive player he's literally just all over the field but besides the point we're trying to talk about the dolphins here um so i i think that at the end of the day that makes the bills chances a lot harder where i i think the way the Dolphins are currently playing, the way that they have their schedule set up for them and all the wins that they've earned themselves early in the season, 
we're not going to know who wins this division until maybe the last game of the year, because I mean, the bills currently own the tie break for it. And so that does give them a bit of an edge in like end standing and stuff like that, but they're both going to win double digit games. It's going to be really difficult to know who's going to end up being the one who comes out on top at the end of the year. But I, I don't think there's any way to separate both of them from making the playoffs. And frankly, if the Jets can turn it around, I mean, the AFC East can end up sending three teams if they can figure out how to put some wins together with the way that they've been playing lately. But I I think the Dolphins are extraordinarily dangerous. Their offense is absolutely incredible. I mean, they have, what, the top five speed leaders in the NFL are all on the Dolphins? Like, that's not a stat that you can just replicate out of nowhere. You don't just turn around one day and make your team faster. That doesn't exist. They just have to be fast and their dudes are just faster than your dudes. And so at the end of the day, if they can get past you, you're cooked every single time. And Mike McDaniel, I cannot give that dude enough credit for going in and taking a team. I mean, because let's realistically look at that Dolphins team. How much different fundamentally are there, are they than when he showed up? Not a lot. They really haven't done like a massive overhaul on the roster. I I, I don't know the numbers and I don't know all the names, but I would say somewhere between like 50 and 70% of that roster is the same roster that was there when he showed up. And he's making it work way better than it was ever working before he got there by a wide margin. Yeah. The, those are, I think those are all fair. I'm interested to see if Tua's best season keeps going. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested to see, cause I mean, if he's just throwing the wide open guys all year, like he has a chance to like break some crazy records, but I'm still unsold as like on like two as a game challenging quarterback. Maybe that's dumb of me, but I'm still kind of unsold on it. Okay, guys. I'm kind of with you on that because I don't know that he's necessarily and, – and, and that might not be fair on him because of the talent that's around him. I mean, he has such amazing wide receiver talent around him that it's always going to be this, like, what's well, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? Like, obviously, they're going to do this and that and the other thing. And so he never really has to get outside of himself and make these game-breaking plays and go on these tears where you're like, he's the dude who made all of that happen. He's never being asked to do that. And so him not showing it, because I'm with you, I'm not sold. And it's like, but is it, is it that he can't do it or he just never has to? Yeah, that's an interesting point as well. I think we saw last year that when he does try to, when he is forced to, to be the guy and win games on his own, it, it's an injury issue as much as anything, right? Like he just can't stay healthy. And, and so I think, the book on Tua is, is pretty obvious. If you get him under pressure, if you get him under duress, then he really struggles. And I think that's why they've done so much with the system that they've done. Uh, I, I think it's part of I, all the credit in the world to uh, Mike McDaniel and, and going out and figuring out what his team's strengths were and building a system around that. Right. And yeah, they acquired a few guys. I think, Drafting Devon Achan was brilliant, but it seems like they're just built around a specific model and mode in, in terms of their their team that's really dominant. Now, I think how 
I mean, there's a few things. I think how applicable is that style of play in the playoffs? Because you still have to have a run game, and they do have a run game, but it is, I don't want to say gimmicky. Uh, it is very much based around movement, right? And and at some point in time, you've got to be able to just line up helmet to helmet and, and push some people around. So I don't know if that team can do that in, in winning moments. And, and we saw it a little bit in the playoff last year against the bills, right? They just didn't, you know, the firepower is there that defensively, I don't know that they can really having an offense that's that good really helps you as a defense. Cause you can kind of relax. I don't know that their defense is anything outstanding, but all this is to say, like, I just, I think as, as a contender, a potential candidate, I, as great as the offensive performance has been, I don't know that it's sustainable especially in this day and age where there's so many good defenses and we just talked about it. Uh, but I also just, I don't know. I just, I, there's just something about that team that gives me some doubts. And part of it might be the fact that they went from scoring 70 points in the game to getting their asses kicked by Buffalo and no disrespect to Buffalo, but we've seen that they're still an imperfect, a work in progress too. Right. So I, none, I mean, none taken that Giants game was a rough watch. Yeah, they still got out with a victory. And and listen, you know, good teams win, great teams cover, whatever. You know, I, I think great teams are the ones that get those kinds of games in the win column. And so I think that's – and Buffalo has an identity, and, and I think they know what they want to do. And and this is what year two, year three of, of knowing who they are, what they need to do. I think the, the thing with the Bills has always been can they withstand the injuries. And to see guys like Milano go down like in year three – you know, to see that injury situation continue down the road, that's just – that's the part that's just like, – if you're a Bills fan, I, I'm sure it's just nauseating. Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I have doubts about the Dolphins, not in the sense of like – just because it's it's the devil you know, right? The, the devil I know with, with the Dolphins is, is you know, this a, a explosive offense – very short term we've seen Tua be really phenomenal it's it's the stuff that i don't know like can he can he last throughout the season you know know that and 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 the more i i think about all that kind of stuff it just gives me a lot of pause around we'll wrap up with this that's a game of the week this week dolphins eagles Let's just pick it really quick. I'm going to go Dolphins here. I've been sneaky concerned, and I'd like some input here. I've been sneaky worried with what I've seen from Jalen Hurts this year. Like, he's, like, as a passer, has kind of quietly regressed a little bit. And you really saw it with the turnovers last week, but... Even before that, the ball wasn't getting out with a lot of zip. And they said the Buccaneers game, oh, he's got the flu, this, that, and the other thing. He just has not played the way he played last year, this year. And he's a guy that I came in very, very high on and has just not really performed at that level. And I think against a team like the Dolphins, even though that – Philly, you know, defensive line is so good. We're we're gonna see it this week, Brian. Like you had said, the offensive line, like you believe in them. Like 
let's see it against like one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And if, if they can hold up, if they can give two of those two seconds he needs to let, you know, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle get downfield, like the secondary for the Eagles has been kind of leaky at points this year. And like, that's a point of the defense I would point at and say is not the strength. So like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a Dolphins win here. Mason, I think that it will be a, a pretty good game. Um, I mean, last week was a, a tough watch for the Eagles, <laughs> but again, I mean, the the Jets' defense has kind of been outside of like Cleveland on a, a whole other level from a lot of other defenses. Um. You know, I think they are like at this point in time, some some pretty equally matched teams in kind of different ways, and so th- this will be a nice way to kind of give some definition to that like top end hierarchy right now. Because like I I feel like of all like the 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 top like seven or eight teams in the league right now, it's kind of like a bit of a nebulous blob as to like who's yeah. really like the best and who's who's really kind of and there's there it's kind of hard there's a lot of bias that goes into it but there's it's just it's hard to kind of separate any of those teams from one another because most of them have had a a pretty outside of maybe like Detroit and stuff like that too all of them had kind of like a bad loss that there was no real good reason that they had it and have looked kind of shoddy one week or another like there, there hasn't been a team that really has just been like super consistent all the way through and so it'll be kind of nice to see two of these teams go against one another and give us a little bit more of a uh, just yep. a, a hierarchy that we can look at absolutely brian yeah. any final thoughts two and a half point spread i think it's just uh in favor of the eagles that's as much as a pick em as you're going to get right um, considering that they typically give a three-point bump to the home team. Uh, I think stylistically two very different teams in terms of how they want to execute and what they want to do. Uh, correction. They want to do the same thing. How they execute it is very different. But uh, I think the injury factor comes into play a lot for the Eagles. I think there are a lot of questions surrounding the Eagles, despite the fact that they are just absolutely loaded. With talent defensively, I am extremely excited to watch Fletcher Cox. Let me try that again. Fletcher Cox against this Dolphins offense and, and see what kind of chaos he brings because he's just an agent of chaos. And, and watching him play football is just absolutely incredible still. And to think that you have guys like Jalen Carter who can come in off the bench or rotate with him, I should say. Uh, very impressive. But I think... You know, to Mason's point, that that's these are the kinds of games that you want to get to at this point in the season, where where you see teams that are in that upper tier start to separate themselves. And I think for me, we kind of know what the Eagles are. Yeah, they're not firing on all cylinders. They're not playing their best. We, I still don't know what the Dolphins are. Are they a upstart? Are they literally this next iteration of the greatest show on turf? I think this is a game where we find we get a little bit closer to figuring that one out. Um, so I don't know who wins. Uh, my gut tells me that the Eagles are not going to have two bad weeks. Uh, but, man, it's just like you couldn't ask for a better Sunday night matchup. 
absolutely all right boys well this has been an excellent episode uh makes up for not having an episode last week the fact brad showed up is absolutely crazy still uh what a tribunal this was i do feel like we came away with some answers we had some good debate there was a broncos meltdown this kind of had the whole this was kind of a whole package brian i know you were probably coming to talk more college ball i'm sorry we didn't get to that this week but man this was fun mason hope things stay well up in buffalo we will be back next week with more podcasts coming your way football season is in full swing here week seven let's get to it or week week seven right week seven right you gotta double check right week seven let's get to it baby peace out